You're listening to MedEx, the Medical Extrusion Podcast. Presented by U.S. Extruders. Extrude with confidence. Custom extrusion equipment designed for you and your application. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the MedEx Podcast. I'm Steve Maxson. Today's discussion is focused on medical tubing and polyamide tubing. And our guest is Adam Sutton, founder and CEO of Keystone Medical Technologies, based in Somerset, Wisconsin. Keystone Medical Technologies is a custom manufacturer of thermoplastic medical tubing and thermoset polyamide tubing. Adam, I've been trying to get you on the podcast for a long time now. Thanks for finally carving out some time to join us. Absolutely, Steve. I appreciate you having me today. Great. Everybody likes a good entrepreneurial story, right? So let's talk about how for 16 years, you were a very successful manufacturer's representative for some of the leading medical device component manufacturers and contract manufacturers. Tell us about your decision to enter into your own uh, business, extruding medical tubing and polyamide tubing. Yeah, I, I, you know, as you mentioned, uh, represented some of the uh, you know uh, well-established uh, component manufacturers in, in this space, and uh, throughout the years, I've been very hands-on as a rep, and um, you know, probably did a lot of things above and beyond what what most manufacturers reps do. So as uh, the years went on, I was like, you know, why don't I just do this myself and uh, uh, gained a lot of knowledge, obviously from a, a business side of it, um, but also technically. And it, throughout those 16 years, I also did have uh, ownership stakes in some companies, you know, med device related. So I did have some experience, uh, you know, being inside, but uh, yeah, it just, it kind of happened, uh, you know, I don't want to say there was an aha moment, but it was just as the years dragged on and, you know, it just, it was a good time to do it here and coming out of COVID, um, has really worked out well, um, uh, with supply chain issues. Um, it's allowed a smaller company like ours to, to compete, you know, when some of the bigger players are, are struggling with lead times, we've been able to, uh, carve out a little niche on being uh, a little more, um, faster turn um so yeah okay that makes sense Absolutely. yeah i know that you have a partnership with chamfer the online marketplace for medical device components and i see that you have hundreds of SKUs on the marketplace of medical tubing from your common reflow type materials such as p-bags nylon tpu and also yep. polyethylene and polyamide i also noticed though that you have many SKUs from low friction compounds with additives such as Propel from Foster and Mobilize from compounding solutions. And I'm just curious because I know a lot of folks are trying to evaluate alternatives to PTFE because of supply chain issues. Are you doing a lot of development in that area? Yes, we are. Um, and I uh, appreciate you bringing up our chance for partnership. It's, uh, it's working out very well for us. I think we are over now 200 SKUs and we're adding, you know, dozens every month. But to your question, yes, we have, that's been a lot of our extrusion work is some of these low friction applications. 
some as just as liners, you know, one to two, two and a half thou walls, some a little, a little thicker, but there's been a, that's been a big, big area of, of our uh, expansion um, and growth in our extrusion side of the business is, is running, you know, propel or mobilize tubing. Uh, again, like I said, a lot of times, you know, for liners, uh, to, so engineers can get going so they can get started on, on a catheter project. And we found in many of these applications that it's working suffice for what they need. And then we've actually begun to um, get uh, spec'd in on some projects, moving into pilot production using, using either, you know, it's usually 55, 63 or 72 D P backs with either propel or mobilize. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely been a, a again, as I mentioned, coming out of COVID, this and and some of the issues with with uh, PTFE and, and the longer lead times. That's mm. that's been a big big part of our our extrusion business is is running these uh, low friction type applications. And again, a lot of times four liners. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. If you could, yeah. if certain applications you could get away with a nylon or a PBAX. Yep. You know, often when you see. PTFE, etched PTFE, you might have to have a tie layer or a strike layer for better bonding with the outside right. jacket materials. Right. And, you know, with a, a nylon based or a PBAX based, you, you don't have to, you have a little bit lower profile. And I guess you don't have to worry about, you know, bonding between the inner liner and the outside jacket materials. You'll have a strong yeah. thermal, thermal bond. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So let's talk about polyamide tubing. Uh, very interested in. We haven't had podcasts related to polyamide, so I'm very excited to, to talk about it. And, and just for background purposes for folks that aren't aware, polyamide is a thermal set, and polyamide tubing is produced through a film cast solution process, not a melt extrusion process. And that allows for very thin wall thicknesses, very tiny diameters, and super tight tolerances we'll get more into some of the specifics later but just wanted to give a background but before we we get into some of those details tell our listeners about your decision to enter the polyamide tubing market yeah um again as as we discussed earlier I, uh, my years of being a manufacturer's rep i you know repped a few different polyamide uh contract manufacturers and I, you know, was, was a small owner in, in one of one of them, um, MWC Technologies, and uh, just you know, gained knowledge on the polyamide process and you know the business side of it. And there aren't that many people doing it. Um, all the ones that do uh, do it are kind of these large conglomerates. And it was a, again, thought it was a you know a good thing to to partner with the extrusion. There aren't any. Real small companies doing doing both uh, tubing uh, competencies under under one roof. It's a good thing to partner with the with the thermoplastic extrusion business. And we do have some applications where we we utilize both tubing processes on this on the same application. Yeah, you mentioned uh, under the same roof, and from my experience, you know the folks that are involved with thermoplastic medical tubing and a, a thermal set process, whether it be silicone or polyamide, usually separate because it's separate, different processes, usually different yeah. buildings or different locations. As you grow, and it sounds like you are growing pretty rapidly, 
will will you separate those two competencies? Yeah. So in the near future, we will look to uh, separate the two different tubic processes because, as you mentioned, Steve, they they are very different, and um, it's there really is no overlap on our technical side of it with between the extrusion and the the polyimide. We have guys that do the extrusion. We have guys that do the polyimide. Okay. Let's get into some of the, uh, the the technical or unique physical properties of polyamide that make it one of the gold standards for composite catheter shafts. Tell us a little bit about some of those physical properties. It's got very good mechanical properties, has very good scrape resistance, column strength, uh, torqueability, and uh, it's chemically inert. Uh, can withstand you know high temperatures because it, it's a it's a high temp material thermoset. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very, very interesting material. I think it might, correct me if I'm wrong, might have the, the highest tensile modulus of any. Yes, I was searching for tensile strength. Yes, okay. <laughs> yes, it you does. It has very good, very high tensile strength as well. Even higher than peak. Yes, I believe okay. so. Let's talk a l- little bit about some of the applications that polyamide is used. And, and I was wondering if, if polyamide is often used as a, a liner for interlumens. And so why would you use it for a liner? Uh, yes, it is. It's used oftentimes for a guide wire lumen or other, you know, type small lumen in a catheter. Reasons to use it, you can get very thin, you know, sub one thou walls, depending on the overall diameter. But it, being that small, it's, again, because of the tensile strength and column strength, it can, you can push it very easily. Um very tight tolerances again depending on the diameter you you're looking at plus or minus two tenths so point zero 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 two you can have uh, doped polyimide you know with ptfe that you know increases the the lubricity to you know compared to like just normal polyimide so if you look at like the coefficient of friction of polyimide and ptfe this kind of blended material is in the middle, but you know, closer to PTFE than it is polyimide. So definitely, when customers are open to using that, most of the time, I would say it, it's more than lubricious enough for their application. Okay. Speaking of applications, uh, recently I was manipulating with a group manipulating a uh, carotid self-expanding stent delivery system, and and through the proximal handle, I was manipulating the retention sheath that contains the the crimped nitinol stent and it's amazing i think it was like a six french six french five french device and okay crimping that stent down to such a small diameter and loading it into that sheath and, and adjusting the the proximal handle the sheath retracted and the stent was deployed which is pretty cool but i noticed that the maybe two, three inch long retaining sheath was amber. That sure looked like polyamide to me. Mm-hmm. Earlier, you mentioned column strength, scratch resistance. And I'm just wondering because depending on the crimp force, uh, you know, loading that stent in the sheath, is that why um, you would see a, a polyamide sheath because of its column strength and, and scratch resistance? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, again, you- you can achieve all that doing a very thin wall, so it's just going to take up less real estate in the catheter, the wall construction. The finish of polyamide is also fairly smooth, so you're 
when you're putting that stent through there, it's not going like, to snag up on the material because it's not a soft kind of mm-hmm. tacky material. So definitely the smoothness of polyamide would, would be an advantage as well. Okay, makes sense. So talk a little bit about the, um, in general, the, the wall thicknesses, how, how thin that you get on polyamide tubing. If you're looking at, you know, kind of sub 20 thou, you know, give or take, you could you can get down into the half of half a thousand point zero 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 five wall thickness. Mm-hmm. You know, seven tenths walls are pretty common. Uh, again, up to a certain diameter. You know, we run generally a lot of one thou thick material. That just seems to kind of be the 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 sweet spot for engineers. Um, you know, in a lot of polyamide applications, it's you know one thou, maybe one and a quarter, one and a half. Um, you can certainly go thicker, but Definitely in that one tower range seems to be a very common wall thickness for for the polyamide applications that we run. Is it provided in in bare tubing, but is it also provided over a wire? We could supply it over a wire because in our process, it's all done over copper. You know, so we could certainly uh, provide that um, as like insulated wire, if you will. Okay, you mentioned earlier about the capability to have a, a polyamide ptfe blend and the ptfe is to reduce the coefficient of friction you you spoke about that yes do you also have the ability to put a strike layer or or a top coat over the polyamide for better bonding with the other other substrates yes absolutely we do that common you know materials like 55 dp back 72 dp back we've done a 35 dp back you can do Ticoflex, Ticofanes. There's a lot of materials you can use, but those are kind of the common ones too, you know, as a tie layer. And we can and do that, that either. It, we can do that either, you know, through the film cast process, or we, we just ran an application where we actually extruded a little thicker layer, not not thick, still sub one thou, but we actually just ran it through the crosshead and extruded it right on top of the the, the polyamide. Okay, that was my next question. If it's yeah. through a film cast process or an extrusion process, sounds like like it's either one. Yeah, both. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Generally, we'll do it film cast because you know the customer just wants it there for bonding purposes, and so they want like you know a couple tenths, you know, yeah. maybe to a half thou. That'll be a, a film cast process. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. So then, with the blend, just an example of the blend of the polyamide and PTFE with a top coat of whatever material nylon pbax uh, tpu you could really provide a true composite construction yes yes absolutely yep interesting interesting yep. hey adam this has been a great discussion uh, i think our listeners will be very interested in listening about polyamide i remember you know years back going to uh, you know the medical shows in mdm west and many years ago and walking by a booth that had beautiful pictures of reinforced shafts and, and there was an amber color. And, and you know, the third day of MDNM West, that's when you can kind of go around and yeah. as a salesperson and, and do yep. some, do some things and walking <laughs> up to the individual in that booth and saying, Hey, uh, you know, I saw extruders. Do you get involved with extrusion? And that him just kind of looking at me, like he's been asked that question so many times, <laughs> like, no, that's not how we do this. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, yeah I mean, it's, a totally, it's a totally different process, but, uh, and yes, the tubes are, are pretty. <laughs> yeah. You get some, you know, nice amber colored polyamide applications. They, they are pretty to look at. So, 
speaking of that, are, are there ever are there different colors added, or is it pretty much as amber? Uh, well, that is that that is the you know my natural color, and as you get a thicker wall, it'll get a little darker. Mm. Um, it's just more passes more build. It'll it'll kind of uh, get a little darker brown, if you will. But um, you can add colors to it. Um, you okay. just you you know you uh, either get a pre mix or you can get dyes and, and mix it in yourself. Uh, okay, green's pretty popular. Black, black's another one. Red, but generally, most people. Amber is it's the color. I think it's just what they're used to. So, yeah. uh, but but there are applications, like I said, where you can, where there will be some colors that you can add to the to the material. So, okay. Hey Adam, this has been a great discussion. Thanks a lot for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks, Steve. All right. Thank you for listening to MedX, the Medical Extrusion Podcast, presented by U.S. Extruders. Please subscribe to make sure you're getting the latest episodes. All links are available in the show notes.